Hey, you guys, just a couple announcements before we roll into James. It's going to be good today. And not just because this cake is so good. What is this glorious, gluteny awesomeness? It, it's, I know, it's warm and moist, and I'm just filled with joy. Um, a couple things. We've got, hey, we're starting a text alert service. We took a poll. We've decided the best way to let y'all know what's going on so you don't have to hop on Facebook or, you know, whatever, is to have a text alert service. So we have made the commitment and the promise to not, you know, overly text you. You'll get just, you know what I mean, the highlights, like the things coming up just so you're aware. Yeah? So if you want... One text per person. Yeah. Only we'll one... Send out one text <laughs> per person. So if you want to text the whole group. We'll send everybody that text, and you get one a week. So you, at most, you're going to get what, 60, 70 texts a week. <laughs> I was I was trying to no, figure out the strategy and the math here, yeah, and no, I couldn't tell if you were being funny. <laughs> okay, we're not going to overly text you. No. Okay, um, and you can opt out if it's too much for you. If you're like too much, too much take groves, it. I can't take it. Enough, mm-hmm. Sonia. Enough. Um, you can opt out. But then it's so, on you to go to the website or the Facebook page. In the same way that it is now. I feel like this is sinking. Um, so if you want to get in on the text. I, know, I can't, though, because my hands are full. If you want to get in on the text alert service, there's a sign-up sheet on the back over there. So put in your, your um, phone number. That's all we need. Is that it? Name and phone number. In the back. Pen and paper. Old school. All right? Opt in. Yeah? <laughs> doesn't, this, this service doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can. Or, I mean, the intent is just to get alerts out. I don't know. How do we, how do we all feel about mass re- replies? No. <laughs> right? no, no, I don't no. think that's how this service works. <laughs> She does, yeah. You're, uh huh. Mhm. 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 Those pickles were good. So. <laughs> I love this. Pickles are covered. All right. Hey, next week we're gonna do a bunch of Christmas music. So come, hang out, bring your friends. Okay. Mhm. We'll share something. But there will also there'll be more music, less this. Okay. Um, the following week, um, I think, is when the kids are doing their thing. So we've got some special little holiday things coming up. So come hang out, be with us. Um, is it rude to talk and eat at the same time? I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Anything you want to say? <laughs> Not when it's family. You, you made this note. I don't know what that means. Mm. So you're gonna have to. We can do it later. Oh, and I'm doing the intro. Yeah. Oh, this is a bad choice. Sorry. <laughs> I am. And I don't think my mic's on anymore. Yeah. Mm, oh. <laughs> oh. I'm doing the intro, so I'll start us out. Yeah? Um, I'm just going to start with a quote. We're talking about words. We're kind of going, we're, we're 
continuing our discussion about words and language and such. And so um, I'll start us off with a quote so we can just kind of warm our minds to what we're going to talk about today. Um, this is from Nathaniel Hawthorne. He says this, words, so innocent and powerless as they are, as standing in a dictionary, how potent for good and evil they become in the hands of one who knows how to combine them. Powerful, yes. I mean, entire, um, our, our, our way of operating, marketing, right? Marketing is about words, isn't it? The right words, the right visual, all of that combining together to get you to do something. Um, powerful words. Um, I, as I, another great quote from Sue Sylvester on Glee. Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite, one of my favorite moments in, uh, in one of those episodes is she just says, she, someone says something and she's like, words are hard. And I don't know, for whatever reason, that always stuck with me and I use that frequently. Man, words are hard. <laughs> they are. They are. Um, we have a few wordsmiths. We have a lot of wordsmiths actually in our, in our community. Whenever we think about words, I always think about Eric. Where is he? Did he disappear? I was going to make fun of him. Oh, there he is. Okay. <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> it's too late. But I just, I love people who love words. And Eric is someone who loves words. And so everyone, he'll be saying, this is Eric's skill. He'll be saying like a very normal kind of sentence and then throw a fancy word in. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? But he also says it in a different tone. It's like in a different way. He's like ruminate or something. I can't do it. But he has this way with words that is very powerful and um and thankfully one of our songwriters here in the community and and as you all know he's written things right he words are powerful he writes things for our community songs that are for us for this time in this place and i mean that's a gift isn't it it's like it's a gift um right now Lindsay is helping me with words where's Lindsay? we've got lots of really great words people um nancy Maybe too many probably yeah. too many just too many smart people uh, someone told me this week that they had somebody tell them they they stopped going to the groves because there were too many smart people. What? <laughs> no, that's a lie. Just something I heard. That's just something people make up. There's a better excuse out there. Well, that's just... And when yeah. smart Alec. <laughs> All right. It's going to be that on the podcast. Sorry, Mom. Okay. Uh, I, I was also thinking about the power of words um, in history, powerful words in our history, right? Um, when uh, the power of words, when Gutenberg created the printing press and gave the power of thought back to people, that was such a big deal, right? To get words in the hands Completely of the people. Completely changed the Ch church, right? I yeah. mean, up until that point, people couldn't just buy read, a Bible yeah. and write, read one. They were all hand copied, which yeah. always fascinates me anyway, that yeah. for up until that point, you know, people 15, were hand copying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. that I was not called to that. That's why we got the printing press, so I would never have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Who's calling me? Who's calling me? <laughs> I'll wait. Make it stop. Where's the button? <laughs> um, other powerful words. When JFK, JFK um, asks not what you can do for your country, right? That whole, right? Powerful, powerful words that have resonated. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew, you knew what I meant. I was looking and I'm like, I already messed it up. But thank you, words people. <laughs> These words are so powerful. These words are so they powerful. my life. <laughs> when I misquote them, they're Ask even more the powerful. Donuts do for me. Yeah, ask me what I can do for my country. Okay. <laughs> I didn't write the whole thing, and so that's what happened. I glanced down. Stop calling me out like that. All right. You can't call Lindsay out and not expect reciprocation. I know, I know. It's a, it's a beautiful friendship. Um, when MLK wrote his letters from Birmingham, Powerful words. When Gandhi spoke on nonviolence, 
uh, when Jesus gave the Beatitudes speech on that hilltop, when Neil Armstrong took his first steps and spoke those first words on the moon. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> Green screens. Uh, uh, powerful moments when Martin Luther tacked his 95 theses to the door of that church in Wittenberg. I mean, that, dang. Talk about inciting language. Well, they yeah. were, yeah. They were he had some things to say about, about the that. Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, Ted Sorensen. Oh, uh, give credit where credit is due. Yes, that's good. The speech writers that don't get the credit, but get paid, I'm assuming. Okay. Um, last one. Uh, also, the founding fathers, when they wrote and set, sent that Declaration of Independence, right? Words are powerful. They change. They wrote. They they are they uh, uh, kind of can instigate. Uh, Big change in in our society. Yeah, in, in fact, that's personally right. Yeah, I, I was reading your list here as I was kind of looking over the notes, and and um, it made me think of you know all of this is like evidence against the little adage we heard growing up that you know sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you, right? And always <laughs> kind of, and I get what parents are trying to do when they teach kids that is like, hey, just ignore those kids, you know. They're just words. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But um, I, I, so I looked that up. I just put that into Google to see what kind of quotes came up related to that, and there were a bunch of them. So I haven't read these books, but I thought these quotes were, were really interesting um, related to this. Uh, from Charles Glassman, uh, his book, Brain Drain, The Breakthrough That Will Change Your Life. It sounds motivational. Um, he says, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can never hurt you. Unless you believe them, then they can destroy you. So true. <laughs> um, Another one was from uh, Kate Lady, uh, Triple Bar. Um, it says, because that saying about sticks and stones is a pack of lies, unkind words uh, hurt more than anything else. You end up carrying them around in your head, wondering if they're true. Bruises fade, but self-doubt follows you forever. And so that made me think, you know, Sue Sylvester's words are some of the truest words ever I mean spoken. if we take it differently yeah. the words are hard like a rock you know yeah. and they end up being you know mm -hmm. at least they can be yeah. right and the negative power um, of words has been a focus in our study in James it's the uh, it's the context uh, that James you know returns to here as we're looking at chapter three he returns to this uh, this warning against inflammatory language, right? And if you remember uh, back to the first chapter, just a couple of examples. Uh, one James one nineteen. Post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger anger straggle along in the rear. Or verse twenty six from chapter one it says, if someone thinks he is religious yet does not bridle his tongue, and so deceives his heart. His religion is futile. And so this points us to the context, you know, we always need to remember as we uh, journey through uh, the text. And that's one of the, one of the inherent dangers of, of studying this way, where we, um, you know, we're trying to, it, we can forget the context it, since we're taking passage by passage as we move along. And so it's always good to, like, refresh ourselves, remind ourselves that he was writing to a uh, congregation that was in a really volatile time in Jerusalem. There, there is this... Um, 
buildup of animosity between the poor and uh, the aristocrats who were kind of the ruling class and they were, uh, you know, they, they were participating in the oppression of the Roman government over the people. And so there were, uh, there was extremely uh, volatile and violent political language that was passed around. And there were groups like the Zealots who were actually known for uh, assassinating some of these figures. And so, um, and, and of course, James is, he's in the middle of this and it's building up and, and he's either done this. He's either written this, this letter or this sermon uh, prior, just prior to the war and the, just the destruction of Jerusalem, destruction of the temple that happened in, in 72. Or some scholars say he's writing this almost as a response to like, this is what that led to, you know. But um, either way, the, the climate is, is this climate of just uh, vitriol and, and anger. And um, so he saw a direct connection between language and violence, you know, and so it, 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 it's interesting too because that saying connects language and or disconnects language and violence, right? Sticks and stones, uh, but words don't hurt me. It tries to make a disconnection between that. But James absolutely sees those as connected. The language and violence uh, are connected ideas. Jesus definitely saw this. Um, I reflect on this passage often from the Beatitudes, as you mentioned, um, or from that same that same passage. Uh, Matthew five twenty one and twenty two says. Uh, Jesus is teaching. He says this, you're familiar with the command to the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother an idiot and you just might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister and you are on the brink of hellfire. Yeah, you are. <laughs> the simple is that directed at me. Yeah. <laughs> Watch yourself. <laughs> the simple moral fact is that words kill. It's just you know, Jesus saw this as like a connected whole. This this um, and I always think of these these ideas as like the seeds of the biggest sins that we see in our world kind of start with these small things uh, in the heart of people. Mm -hmm. And then they uh, mm -hmm. go beyond the individual mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. systems, into even institutions and, mm -hmm. and corporations mm -hmm. and things like that, yeah. Um, so we turn to James chapter three and um, picking up in verse one, uh, I chose to read from the message today in case you're wanting to look that up and find that. Um, verse one. Don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. <laughs> Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards. And none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. Ugh, amen. Um, if you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Hmm. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, <laughs> turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, and send the whole world up in smoke. 
and go up in smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. Dang, James. <laughs> this is an easy book, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, I love James. So oh, heartwarming. Man. Yeah. Um, I, for whatever reason, though, I do remember like the best like encouraging uh, quotes of James. <laughs> and then I read this, and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Um, he peppered them in. Yeah. <laughs> There are so many ways that we now have to carelessly or wrongly place words, don't we? So many different ways we can do that. We could direct message. I, we could go on Facebook. We can go on Twitter. We can go on all the blogs. You know where the worst, the pit of hell is? I'll tell you. The comment sections. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. The comment sections. No one who is actually, uh, I shouldn't say, anyway, those are absolute <laughs> words. Um, I need to watch my words as I say that. But here's the thing. We can post anonymously instantly and believe that we never have to face any consequences. And James is saying that when we are careless with our words, we are actually participating with the values and the deeds of darkness and death. That's what he's saying. So even if we don't feel, I mean, right, this is the reality that James is saying. We might put a little comment on there, and we're like, oh, see, I don't have to face any consequences because I'm not face-to-face with that person. I don't have to look at them in the eye. I never maybe have to talk. They might, I might not even know them. But James is like, oh, there are consequences because we are participating, right, yeah. in setting those flames and, start, and, and like, contributing to those fires. Um, um, and not only that are we contributing, but it also it destroys others, it destroys our world, and it destroys us. So it, it, it even comes back to hurt us. Um, I read this, uh, this quote here, and I'll just say this um, on words. Every time we yell at someone who cuts us off in traffic, we're being verbally violent. Every time, oh, man, I'm like, yeah, oh. You have to, you don't, we don't need to read that one. We know. Each time we call someone an idiot or a moron, we're guilty of wrong speech. Uh. If in exasperation we say something like, if you do that again, I'm going to kill you, those words are an attack. When we lose our tempers and drop the F-bomb on someone who angers us, maybe that F-bomb really is a bomb. Oh, man. It does damage. Idle threats are not idle. They are seeds we plant in our psychological and cultural soil, seeds that take root and later blossom into violent acts. Dang, is that not a picture of our world? I mean, don't we live, we exist in this, um, in the carelessness of words? Yeah. James 3, 7. This is scary. That sums it up. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this cannot go on. A spring does not gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? I'm like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> This one does. Okay, yeah. yeah. Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? Hmm. Oh, man, there's James calling out the inconsistency that is what it is to be human, yeah. right? Everyone can reason and be like, yes, guilty as, right? Because that's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is no, we've perfected. There's no way to apply this. There's no parallel, yeah. yeah. We don't see this at all in the human Master race. Master interpreter. Yeah. yeah. As I was reflecting on this, I'm like, on one hand, this literally happened this week as I'm working. On one hand, I'm downstairs writing worship songs for our community. And on the other hand, I'm yelling at my kids to stop interrupting me. All right? 
On one hand, I'm studying for sermon, and on the other hand, I'm raising my voice at the three-year-old because he cannot decide what Netflix show to watch so I can get my work done. That literally happened, you know? I'm like working on this sermon, and I'm like, Dominic, just pick a show, you know? And I'm like, you know? It's happening. It's happening. On one hand, I'm teaching on Sundays, and on the other day, I'm gossiping or slandering about an annoying coworker. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's only two of us that work here. <laughs> I work at a wine. <laughs> I'm talking about the other work that I do. And they don't listen to the podcast yet, so I'm clear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> So not only does guilt and shame flood my life at this moment, but, you know. but here's, here's, what I, here's what I realized, uh, um, is that maybe I've underestimated the power of my voice and my words, and maybe I'm not taking them seriously enough. And, and part of that, honestly, for me, was recognizing that I often feel like I don't have a voice. I often feel like I'm not being heard. I often under, right? Yeah. I diminish the power of words um, and my part in them. And maybe even in our context, and there's so much language and conversation about free speech, maybe free speech is more than a right. And it's something we need to be really thoughtful about. Yeah, as I was kind of considering these ideas, I thought that, um, well, I know that I, and I think maybe the rest of our culture, associate uh, strength with the willingness to, to speak out, right? To speak out against things. Um, criticism of people and, and institutions can be seen as courageous. And there is certainly time to, you know, speak truth to power. Uh, that, I mean, that's a, a biblical example. Uh, the biblical account is full of prophets doing this very thing. And Jesus is seen as kind of the ultimate in this line of prophets who speak truth to power. Right? He came in that model, and he, he spoke correction to Israel. And he, um, he corrected issues of personal piety, uh, things that resonate and ring down to us today, um, things that we've even quoted today about uh, how we use our speech. These are things that Jesus taught and corrected in their culture, and, and they ring down and, and uh, offer themselves as a correction to our culture. But he also called out the misuse of political power by the ruling class and the temple class uh, in that era. But if, so if I'm reading James uh, correctly, it, um, speaking correctly is where the strength lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and this is what growing is, yeah. right? Is, is, is not choosing the poles to go, oh, well, then I should never speak. Mm-hmm. Because there is a time to speak out against brokenness and uh, against injustice. But there's also a tone that we have to develop a maturity in. Because the other side is, I, I just call it out. I call it how I see it all the time. And with no regard uh, for, for how that, that speech will be received or the, or the way, uh, the weight of it, mm-hmm. the responsibility you yeah. were talking about. Yeah, and the power. And I think we just grasp, we need to grab a hold of the power that's in our words. Yeah. And, and um, even in a, a song that I was recently working out lyrics, and it's like, words we said in the moment, right? It's yeah. like that... Man, those words we say in the moment, those are probably some of the sharpest, cut to the heart, like just go straight into us with that poison. Mm -hmm. And um, that is the power of the tongue. And uh, yeah. yeah. 
Now, let's just all take a breath and go, we're all guilty. <laughs> okay? We're all guilty. We're all here together. You're not being preached at. <laughs> we are, we're reading this together. We all fall in this area. So we can listen to this together, too, and we can be built up together. And, and, and we are going to mess this up again, mm -hmm. right? We, and we are going to do it to one another at times. And um, there are other sermons and passages that are great about the forgiveness that we need to extend to one another and the grace that we need to receive. But um, I, I want us to, to get that, that, you know, this is, a, this is a, a, an SA meeting, right? A Sinners Anonymous, you know. You know, hi, my name is Paul. I'm a sinner. You know, and yeah, thank you. <laughs> right? And that, that's, that's what the church needs to be. It's where we, we recognize that, 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 okay? So, and, and we know this. So as much as I love to belabor problems, because I love the analysis of problems, um, I think we know this stuff. We don't need to analyze this anymore. I think what we want to do is look to the flip side, because the, mm -hmm. the darkness that James is calling out and the, the power associated with that brokenness uh, has a flip side to it, the good that, that words can do. The, the positivity that they can bring. Uh, a proverb that James surely knew, I think, points the way. Proverbs 18.21 uh, says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love its use will eat its fruit. And I, I love that because it's just, it, here's, here's this raw power. And and. It's not even condemning you for loving to use words or uh, loving to speak or, or loving the use of that. What it's saying is that, you know, what you sow with that is what you will reap. Yeah. If, you, if you sow dark and, you know, critical, and that, that's, gonna, that's the stuff that's going to lead to death. That's the fruit that we're going to eat if that's where we put ourselves. And, and I, I would testify to that in my own life. I have uh, a very uh, naturally... Uh, a sharp tongue. My mouth goes far quicker than my mind, and um, and, and it, it can be so cutting. And uh, uh, and and so I need grace in this area, because it just it just it's how I react. And 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 um, you may not know this about me, um, <laughs> but the poison that that leaves in my life um, is so apparent to me. When, when, when that stuff uh, kind of erupts out of me. And I'm like, I, I don't want that in my life. I, I, the closer I get to Christ, the more I'm like, man, God, I, I just don't want that. And, and it has caused me to give up um, uh, defensive postures. Uh, it's caused me to go, you know what, it's just my ego. I don't need to react to that. You know, it's just something somebody said to me or about me, eh. And, and, and where, then that's where I see the growth. I see the growth of being challenged by this stuff and going, this stuff is powerful, and, and I, I don't want to be a part of reacting uh, in that way and bringing this, this kind of cycle of poison into the world. And so um, 
it's such a, a powerful image, and it points to the fact that there is good fruit that comes from it, because it's not just the power of life, but it's the power, of, uh, or not just the power of death, but the power of life. And that is the fruit that, you know, I want to see mm-hmm. uh, in my life, in our relationship, you know, in my friendships, um, in, the, in the work that I do. So, yeah, the power of death is in our mouth, but also the power of life. And this image is, is awesome to me because it's, it's from the, the very beginning of the biblical story, right? The power of life is first found in the mouth of God. At creation, God spoke, right? This, I've talked about this before. The, 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 the biblical story of creation is so different from the other ancient Near Eastern creation stories that are contemporary to the Bible story. In those stories, the gods are warriors, and they are in these fierce, bloody battles to, uh, in order to defeat darkness and then uh, build the world that humans live in, right? In, in the biblical story, God just speaks, the power of life, um, it, it, it is what defeats chaos and, 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 and brings order to the world. God spoke and the universe came into existence. I mean, <laughs> think about that, you know? Words. Yeah. I mean, all you liberal people who believe in the Big Bang, um, you think about that. <laughs> God spoke and that happened right? That moment, that moment of, of, I'm, are you, (laughs) yes, isn't that cool? I just think that's awesome. There's this like idea of almost like this thing erupts from the mouth of God and, and creation comes into existence. I mean, uh, that starts to paint the picture of how these biblical writers thought about words and what they were capable of. Mm -hmm. God spoke and life erupted on this planet, right? He spoke and nations were created. Uh, Laws were created and injustice corrected. And the same power was in the mouth of Jesus. Uh, Jesus spoke to do his miracles, He spoke and he blessed bread and fish and there was abundance, Mm -hmm. messianic abundance, an announcement of the age of of the kingdom of God arriving on planet earth in that moment. He spoke and and there was uh, water turned into wine symbolizing this richness of the kingdom of God. He spoke and there was correction. He spoke and demons were defeated and sickness had to flee. Jesus spoke, and he silenced accusers. Mm -hmm. If you hear those voices, whether they're internal or external, Jesus can speak and silence the accusers. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, isn't that a part of where uh, kind of the epidemic of anxiety that we have uh, comes from? This sense of not being good enough, this sense of of, uh, being accused, even if it is an internal accusation. I really believe that if we can listen, if we can hear Jesus speak, I, I really believe he can, he can speak in a way where he silences the accusers. And maybe it's work we have to do to actually hear that voice. But I, I really think this is, this is something he does, he's doing, and he can do today. So while we should not desire... To refer back to James, we should not desire to use this power as a teacher without caution. The good news is that some of us should be teachers in the tradition of Jesus. 
He gives us teachers uh, who help us learn what it is to follow him. Uh, I was reflecting on this this week, and um, my pub theology group has, on Wednesday nights have been working through C.S. Lewis's book, uh, Mere Christianity. And um, uh, like at home, uh, Sonia and I have been having to try to like make our schedule work because we just have been getting really busy, right? And if you're in a relationship, you know that when uh, you build more and more into that relationship, and it starts to strain and stress. And so we've been kind of getting at each other, and really it's more me. I've been cranky and, um, and, and misbehaving with my uh, words. And, um, and I, I was so challenged uh, by C.S. Lewis's section that I was reading uh, this week, and he's teaching uh, simply on what, what it is basically to be a Christian. And, and he's, he got, he's talking about the sin of pride. <laughs> and I was like, I, why, you know, why this week? Why am I, <laughs> why, okay. You know, and, and, it, and, and Sonia came home, and I was like, hey, you know, it's just instant, I'm sorry, because I know that I was wrong. You know, I feel this, um, this sense of self uh, being, I don't know, diminished, right? Um, and, and, and this is some of what goes on w when we have to uh, have give and take with one another, mm -hmm. right? Is that sometimes we're diminished while another one has opportunity. And um, I, I, I was like, you know, why is this bothering me? It's because of pride. And here's C.S. Lewis teaching, you know, inspired by the words of Jesus, inspired by scripture, changing my attitude in, in a moment. Now, it, it, I don't know that it's changed. <laughs> You'll have to talk to Sonia. <laughs> there will be, Check back in a few weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah. But there's, there's benchmarks. It's kind of like, um, like little ratchets, you know? And, and, and the, the, the wheel of discipleship just turns ever so slowly. And every once in a while, you click past one of those ratchets, and, it, and it'll hold, right? Yeah. But if you don't quite get clicked past that, um, it, it kind of slips back to the last one. And then it, you just kind of mm -hmm. keep turning that wheel until finally, ah, oh, it clicks. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I see that in, in our relationship is where I think, we, you know, we're most raw, those intimate relationships, right? And so that's where I see since my adult life and, and, and Sonia and I being together, um, that's where I see the most discipleship, where Jesus is, is correcting me. Because I can behave for an hour or two with you guys. But, like, <laughs> you know... Like, at home all week long, I mean, that's, that's difficult. And so that's where you see, it's where I see who I really am. And that's where Jesus meets me. And so I'm thankful that... Um, that C.S. Lewis wrote. Yeah, that he wrote. Right? That he used I mean, let, words, yes. you know? Yeah. The power of them. And he used them to, to plant seeds of life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh. Jesus speaks today. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah, I'm like, yes. That was the next sentence. Smooth. Um, See, there I go. I, yes. I, I got to be critical with my mouth. I'm sorry. There's, that's <laughs> such a good example. This is just wired in me, you guys. I don't know if any of you are like this, but I, you know, I, I'll, 
Okay, let's analyze this moment. I, I'm serious. This is a teaching moment because this is a little tiny funny example of the brokenness that is inside me, right? I want this thing to work. I want this sermon to like flow and, and, and inspire and, and bring opportunity for change, right? And so in order to do that, there can't be distraction, right? It's got to be perfect. And so she doesn't hit the cue and I've got to open my mouth and say something in front of you guys what okay this is I need yeah I wish sin I wish stopping sin was that easy Kathy yeah. exactly right just stop it okay well yeah. I mean doesn't James, James says just stop. James says he's just like you can't stop the tongue the tongue yeah. is its own yeah. right I mean, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. This is what we're going to get to. I'm going to talk about this. Yeah. Okay, but before I get there, I will address this, <laughs> this in a is, moment. Will yeah, you just yeah. sit there for a second? Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, here, I want, before I, I want to talk about that, but I just want to say something about the power of words, and can we talk about trusting God's words? Mm. Because we live in a context in which words are thrown out all the time, and they hurt us or they have no meaning or we have to like stop our ears or we have to, we're constantly having to filter. Look, God's words, we don't mm -hmm. have to filter. Mm -hmm. We don't have to filter those words. And I know like we, there's a process of filtering to anyway, but we can trust God's words. And I just wanted to just, there's a passage that came to mind immediately. And I wanted to talk about the power potential and what God has spoken to us, to his people. And Romans chapter four, Paul writes this. He says, he ta he's talking about the, the power of God's words. Okay, he says, we call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Mm. Isn't that what, we's always, what we've always read in scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham, catch this, Abraham was first named father and then he became father because he mm. dared to trust God to do what only God could do, mm. raise the dead to life with a word, make something out of nothing. Mm. Yeah? Okay? Mm. Mm. Abraham wasn't father when God started calling him father. <laughs> but Abraham... Yeah, because that's what that word means. Right, yeah. Right? I mean, that's... Abraham, yeah. Well, Ab, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's father, you know, you know. Father of nations, father of peoples. Yeah. Right? And so. Before I mean, he was, yeah. before it ever came to be or even looked like it was possible. Yeah. Right? Um, it, Paul goes on to write and he says, When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but what on God said he would do. And so he, made a, he was made a father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. I love how. <laughs> but oh, that is just powerful. We, we, God is one who with a word can make something out of nothing. And I don't know, where do we need God to be speaking into our lives? Where is there a nothing that we want something? Where is there a hope that we have? Where is there a longing? Or where are there words that God has spoken into our lives or things that he said to us that we still haven't seen? Yeah. Um, but we can dare to trust God to do what he can do, okay? Um, so I just wanted to give that encouragement. There are questions I think that we can ask ourselves about the power of words for us in our context and in our lives, right? So some questions this week as you're going through your week. How do my words contribute to violence or flourishing in the world? In what ways do I participate in creating a culture of death or of life? Right? Recognize the power of our words. You guys, you can walk into a situation that looks grim and with the power of life, of words in you, can turn that situation around. 
I mean, that's what mm -hmm. I think we're saying here, yeah. right? Was the power of words to bring life, right? So for me, as an empathetic, I will walk into a situation and join the sorrow, right? <laughs> like, I will get in that mud pit with you. We will hang out in it. We will sink deep and feel it, right? But the correction, one, uh, uh, an encouraging part here is that we have the power, the power of life, right? The Spirit of God lives in us, yeah? Power of life with our words to change a situation. Your words of encouragement might be what sustains Paul or I through a discouraging week. Do you know that? There are times when we have terrible Mondays, and it's something that one of you guys have said to us that has kept us going. That's the truth. That's the power of ordinary words from ordinary people. They do supernatural, spectacular things. Your words of affirmation might help someone realize that they're seen, might help them know that they're heard, might help them know that they're valuable and that they're loved. That's the power of words. That's the power that all of us hold in this space that we get to speak and encourage one another with. What does God want to say? Another question. What does God want to say to my neighbor to encourage them? Your coworker, the person you pass on the street as you're walking uh, wherever you walk during your, your days. I've, I've told the story before, but I still remember my first grade teacher pointing to my sparkly 70s-ish squirrel t-shirt that had the <laughs> saying, I'm nuts about you. And she pointed at me and she goes, I'm nuts about you too. <laughs> Mrs. Nasland, I remember it. Like, as clear as day, I remember that T-shirt. I remember where I was standing in that classroom. I remember her face when she told me that. She probably doesn't, I mean, she's not telling the story, you know? I remember that. That stuff sticks with us. Yeah. A timely yeah. word brings life. Like, when I feel down, mm. I remember Mrs. Nasland. I'm like, there's one person out there who is nuts about me, too. Right? <laughs> I remember that when I heard that, too, I was just like, what? <laughs> oh, my T-shirt. Yeah, anyway. Um... Another quote I read on words, be mindful when it comes to your words, a string of some that don't mean much to you may stick with someone for a lifetime. That can be good. It doesn't have to be bad. It can be good. Mm. Something you say yeah. might empower someone, make me the fuel for them for a lifetime. Um, I think going to um, when we need to speak truth to power and when we need to be silent um, requires discernment. Right? I mean, we have to know, we have to, we're, we have wisdom. We need wisdom, and we can ask for wisdom. That's what James says from the very beginning. If yeah. any of us lacks wisdom, we can ask God, who gives generously to all. Yeah. So we need that kind of wisdom as we are wanting to be, um, have our tongues not just blah, 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 right? So maybe at times, maybe at times God wants to empower you with words like he did with the prophets to bring about correction and destroy darkness. The power of our words can destroy darkness. That is pretty awesome, yeah. too, that yeah. we can see things and call, you know, like the power of, of, of God's word through us. Maybe at times God wants to use your words to speak life and growth. And I, as I was thinking further, how can I get this right? Right? I want to, I'm like, okay, let me take notes on how I start controlling my tongue. But James seems to kind of give this idea that the tongue just kind of does whatever it wants to do. And here's the thing. Um, the, the, the desire that's in all of us right now to be good and wise and smart and, and godly with our tongues, that is an invitation from God. <laughs> that's an invitation. He's inviting us to take on his character and his behavior. And that long, that desire that we have, that's him calling us to be more like him, right? And this work, the control of our tongue is not like, I'm just going to clamp it down and right it's not a thinking it's an in it's the, an inside out kind of work Matthew chapter 12 verse 34 to 35 for the mouth speaks from for the mouth speaks from what fills the heart right 
The good person brings good things out of his treasury, <laughs> good treasury. The evil person brings evil things out of his evil treasury. It's out of, he, it's out of mm. our place, our mm. will, our being. That's where the mouth, mouth part comes. So if we will allow God to change this inside stuff, right, it's going to start changing this stuff that's coming out here. Um, in my human experience, and I'm sure we all have, my, it was like my human experience has revealed that there is both crap and gold all in this heart of mine, right? And there are times when it's just mm, coming out, and there are times when it's good, right? And, and the, the, the good thing is that I think all of us in this room are like, I, w- I want to be more like Jesus in this. I want my words to bring life and abundance and flourishing wherever I go. And that's God. That's God inviting us into his work in our spaces. Yeah? I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So if you find a lot, lots of ick coming out, right, ask God to help you sift through what's coming into you. You know, maybe there are some, maybe you need to get more of the, the Bible in you, the word. Maybe you need to be around some people that are speaking encouraging words and believers who can encourage you with that stuff, right? There's filters. Maybe you need to stop. You know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm kind of like the, everything is permissible for all, but not everything is beneficial, right? So there are times when you're like, I need to maybe not watch that show. I maybe not need to listen to that podcast. It doesn't mean forever. Maybe I just don't need to listen to that music. Maybe there's a time when you need to kind of sift through and discern what's coming in so that mm-hmm. you can start changing what's coming out. And, and the other thing is that sometimes um, our attempt, when this stuff happens, we can become aware of maybe wounds or hurts that need healing. And that's good. This is the good process. When there's a lot of, like, right, if, we are bru- if we're hanging on to this bruise and someone bumps up against it and we're like, bleh, right? The, okay, there's a healing that needs to take place. Yeah. And the good news is, like, God wants to heal that, and he can heal that with his word. You know, so it's like, let's get healed and let's get whole. And instead of being like, oh, I just, just don't touch me there. Or let me put a really long coat on and wear that in the hot summer so that nobody ever sees it. Right. Let's just deal with it so that we can become whole people and, and we can be part of healing and flourishing. Um, yeah. So um, anyway, I hope that that's encouraging <laughs> that we're, we're on the right trajectory. Right. We're wanting the same thing. Um, God is inviting us to be a part of of um, the power of words in our world to transform and to change and to do good and to bring good things yeah. into our into our yeah. spaces. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Should I pray? Yeah. All right. Let's pray. God, thank you. Oh, thank you for your word that brings us life. Thank you for your word that corrects, that heals, that cleanses, that sets us free, that releases, that empowers. Your word that abides, your word that produces your word that is closer than the air that we breathe, your word that became flesh in Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for not leaving us in the mud and in the ick, but for calling us out, for speaking your words of life over us so that we could become whole and heal, healed. And... Um, God, I pray that you would, right now, your Holy Spirit would just begin to cleanse, that you would begin to bring um, gracious, mercy-filled attention to the areas in our life that you want to address. I pray, God, that you would give us surrendered kinds of hearts, that we would be people who would um, just be willing and able to learn and to surrender. And um, the reality is, God, that um, we cannot do any of this on our own. It's not our own might or our own power, but it's by your Holy Spirit in us. And so we just invite you into every space of our lives and, um, um, yeah, just continue to help us uh, bring encouragement this week, God, as some of our our, um, hearts may be heavy, things can be hard, (laughs) challenges come our way. 
um, encourage us with your word and with your people this week. We love you so much. We're just going to take a few moments here at the end like we do. And um, there's a basket in the back that's for giving. Communion is in the back. There's a sign-up for the text alerts. Um, we are continuing. There, I see a few things over here. We're doing welcome boxes for foster kiddos.